0: Now, before I start to preach tonight, you that are watching on Facebook, and uh, everybody in this room looks saved, but I felt impressed to say this. Everyone that hears me, if you're not saved, and if you are not sold out to God, You need to go as fast as you can and commit your heart and life to Jesus Christ and serve Him faithfully 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the rest of your life. Tonight, I would like to talk to you for a little while about some famous towers And I know that this may seem a little strange, and it kind of seems strange to me, but I don't want to question what God has spoke to my heart, but I'd like to talk to you tonight about towers. When I begin to think about the towers of the Bible, my mind just naturally went to the towers that I know about here on earth. Like the Eiffel Tower. A few years ago, Drew and Shelley went to Paris, and uh, the whole family went, and they brought back a lot of pictures of the Eiffel Tower. And it was built a long time ago, but it's over 900 feet tall. That's amazing to me. Then there's another tower called the Leaning Tower of Pisa that's in Pisa, Italy, and it's famous because its foundations are not real sturdy, and therefore that tower began to lean. Right here in the United States, there's a tower that was over 1,800 feet tall. I believe it was 1,800 feet tall. It's tall called the Space Needle. And uh, my family had the privilege of going to Toronto, Canada and preaching revival back in the 70s. They had just finished building the CN Tower that for 30 years was the tallest building in the world. But there are also towers in the Bible that impressed me. And I'd like to talk about some of them tonight. There was one of the towers in the Bible. I say one of them. There were probably many towers that were built in Bible days that were built on the walls of the cities. And they used those walls because they needed someone to constantly be on guard, always looking, watching, having people observing what was going on in and around their city. They were looking for enemies or adversaries that might be ready to attack their cities. In 2 Kings chapter 9 and 17, the Bible said, and there stood a watchman on the tower in Jezreel. And he spied the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. He was on guard. He was on top of the wall. He was In the tower, he was watching for those who were not welcome there or those who may have been adversary of that city. Other towers were used for people to find shelter when their city was attacked. Judges 9 and 51 said, But there was a strong tower within the city and thither fled all the men and women and all they of the city and shut it to them and get them up to the top of the tower i don't know how long it took them to build these towers i don't know exactly all the material they used to build these towers but These people had confidence that if they once got inside the tower that they would be safe from the adversary, from the enemy, whoever it was, and against the weapons that they were going to use against them. And then there was one tower, at least one tower in the Bible that was used as an armory an armory in our day and time is where weapons are stored until they're needed where when they need to use them, but until then they're stored in an army armory. And in the Bible days, there was one such armory, and Song of Solomon records these words: Thy neck is like the tower of David, builded for an armory. Whereon there hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. You see, they had many different uses. They varied in size and style and everything else. But the main reason they wanted an a, a, a tower was because they needed protection. They needed something that would help them in the time of war when enemies would come against them. Now I want to tell you tonight, I'm so thankful that I don't have to have a tower at my place. I'm glad I don't have to build a tall tower to look out and to observe and to see What enemy is advancing toward me to come against me or my family? I am thankful tonight that I don't need such things because we have a police force that drives by our house occasionally and if there's any kind of trouble, they come and they help us and they see that we're safe. But other other towers in the Bible are important to us tonight because we need to know about them for their purpose. And I want to begin tonight to tell you about the very first tower that's mentioned in the Bible. It is found in Genesis chapter 11. And the man responsible for building this tower was named Nimrod. He built the first kingdom, and he built the first tower. And it was a great tower, and it was located in the plains of Shinar. Now, you may have heard of Nimrod. He was was related to someone very famous. You see, his grandfather was Noah, the one that built the ark, the one that heard from God. God spoke to Noah and said, build an ark because I'm going to destroy the world. And Noah, being a righteous man, obeyed God and built an ark. But his son Cush had a son whose name was Nimrod. And Nimrod was not a righteous man. You know, I've known preachers whose kids didn't follow in their footsteps. And I'm not just talking about being preachers. I'm talking about living for God. I'm talking about believing in God and following after God and the works of God. People who have their own opinion of how they want to live their life and Nimrod was such a man, he did not follow in the righteous footsteps of Noah, but followed after his own will and his own desire. According to Bible scholars and Bible historians, the name Nimrod means to rebel. I want to tell you that name could be used a whole lot in our society today because there's a lot of people who are in rebellion tonight. Not only against God, but against our government, against our school and our police. And so that name Nimrod would really fit well with a lot of people today because they're rebellious. Now, I know Drew's been preaching a little bit about being, having a rebellious spirit. Now, I don't mean to get on any of that, but it just happens to be that Nimrod, the name Nimrod, means to rebel. Now, Finest Dake said it points to some violent and open rebellion against God. I understand kids may be rebelling against parents. Now I understand kids rebelling against school. And sometimes I think that there's reason to rebel against the police or against the government. But I believe we need to rebel legally and lawfully. But... Here is a man whose grandfather was a righteous man and he is in a revolt against God. Can I tell you if you want to revolt against anybody, do it against anybody but God. You're going to lose when you rebel against God. You're not going to win. You're not going to succeed. God is going to have His way eventually. Shinar, the land of Shinar, was a fertile valley watered by the Euphrates and the Tigris rivers. This was the chosen place to build the city of Babel and the tower of Babel. The purpose for the building of the city and the tower was to defy God. You know, there's some people today who still Openly defy God. I was, I was, uh, I'm interested in history a lot, and they said that Joseph Stalin on his deathbed raised his fist and cursed God. I want to tell you that is an open rebellion. But a lot of people don't say it or do it, but they feel it in their heart and they're in open rebellion against God. The purpose was not to do the will of God. I want to tell you, people need to be careful when they know the will of God and the mind of God and what God wants to accomplish and they openly defy or even secretly defy the will of God. God's will is going to bring the blessings of God in our heart and in our life. But as we can read and as we can see, open defiance of God is only going to bring God's judgment and His wrath. I was sitting up there in my place Sunday morning and I was thinking, Adam and Eve were just in open rebellion against God. You you see... Adam's son was in open rebellion, and he, he slew his brother. And I want to tell you something. We need to be careful, even though we live in the day of grace, in the time when God is, He is so merciful and so patient, long-suffering, we ought to be careful how we rebel or if we rebel against God. God's direction had been to Noah and to his sons to go into all the world and to replenish the earth with human beings. But Nimrod said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. God said, Go out and scatter out and scatter. Replenish the earth with people. But Nimrod was in open rebellion against God. In rebellion, the tower was built to worship false gods. You know, there's a lot of people today who are in rebellion against God, and they don't hardly realize it, but they're worshiping false gods. If you're not submitting to God's will then you're doing your own will and yourself have become a god. Hmm. I got these comments and I, I've got to read them to you they, they are so interesting. This tower built at Babel or Babel was the top of it was to be dedicated to the heavens. Isn't it amazing that God created man and man chooses to worship something that he can create or something, that, something else that God created and they'll stand and they'll worship the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the trees, the wind, but never want to worship the God that created all of those things. The top of this tower would be dedicated to the heavens with signs of the zodiac portrayed invisible, as visible ob- objects for worship. I want to tell you something. Tonight, in my heart, and with my mouth, I verbally declare to you, I don't want to worship anything but the God who created all there is in this world tonight. I want to worship the great God of heaven who was and is and always will be. Everything else, unless God created it, is going to pass away. A Babylonian description of the Tower of Babel was discovered in 1876. It indicates there was a great court that was 900 by 1,156 feet square. A smaller one of 450 times 1,056 feet square, inside of which was a platform with walls around it, having four gates on each side. And in the center stood the tower with many small shrines at the base, dedicated to various gods. The tower itself was 300 feet high. That's amazing to me. Building the tower 300 feet high, with decreased width in stages from the lowest to the highest point. Each stage was square. The first stage measured 300 square times 100, or 300 feet square at, by 110 by 110 feet high. The second measured 260 square feet and 60 feet high. The third level was 200 square feet and 20 uh, feet high. The fourth was 170 square feet and was 20 feet high. The 5th was 140 square feet and 20 feet high. The 6th was 110 square feet and 20 feet high. And the 7th was 80 feet long, 60 feet wide, and 50 feet high. On the top platform measuring 60 by 80 was a sanctuary for the god Belmaroc. Dake's annotated reference Bible gave me that information. Open rebellion, 300 feet high, you can see to what lengths man will go to defy God and to worship the gods of this world. This was the tower, the first tower that we find in the Bible. One ancient Babylonian tablet reads, the building of this illustrious tower offended the gods, offended the gods. Well, I don't think it offended the gods, but it did offend the God. And he still is offended when men worship false gods today. Ah, This building of this illustrious tower offended the gods. In a night, in one night, they threw down what they had built. They scattered them abroad and made strange speech. Well, you know, that was the Babylonians' writing. But we know what really happened. I'm glad when we really have the truth and we know what's going on. You see, God give us an account of what happened to that tower. That tower that they built in rebellion. That tower they built to worship false gods in. That tower that was illustrious. That tower... I want to tell you something God came down so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city therefore is the name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth God said "Noah, you and your boys go and fulfill my will and replenish the earth over the world. Uh-huh. But Nimrod said, I'm not going to do it. I rebel. I used to talk about rebellion Sunday. I'm thinking about the man that had the two sons. And he said, son, go and work in my vineyard today. And he said, I go. And then he didn't go. Uh, rebellion, rebellion. My, my, my. Now, there's another set of towers I want to talk to you about. These towers... We're right here in the United States of America. These towers were were the pride of man. They were called the twin towers. Hmm. Twin towers. They were constructed back in the late 60s. The north tower being the first tower was built and began in 1969, or excuse me, 68. And the South Tower was began in 1969. These towers opened on April 4th, 1973. I heard somebody say that this was the financial center of the world. Hmm. Hmm. The financial center of the world. If you want to be blessed, do it God's way. You don't need man's skill or ability or two towers for a financial center. God is all that we need today. They opened on April 4th, 1973. These towers stood at 110 stories each. They were the hub of the bustling financial district, a top tourist attraction, and a symbol of New York City's and America's steadfast devotion to progress and the future. I want to tell you something. I want to stop right here. What America needs to do right now is quit worrying about their financial centers, quit worrying about the 110-story buildings, and quit consecrating on how we can make something that will make us proud and be known around. We need to turn our attention to the God of heaven on the throne of glory tonight. We, the United States of America, need to become... The hub of religion serving a true God, a holy God, a God that still covets the worship and the praise of his people. At the time of their completion, the Twin Towers, the original tower, the North Tower, stood at 1,368 feet. The Second World Trade Tower stood at 1,362 feet. And at the time that they were completed, they were the tallest buildings in the world. The complex, listen to this. This is a massive complex. Contained 13,400,000 square feet. I'd hate to sweep and mop those floors. The World Trade Center covered 14.6 acres of land in lower manhattan in new york city and the core complex was built at a cost of 400 million dollars that seems awful cheap right now but they said in 2018 it would have cost 2 billion 2.7 million dollars to build. I want to tell you something. God will let us worship right in our own home. We don't have to have a financial center. We don't have to have a tower that we can look at with pride and say we built that or, or we'll We have been blessed by that. I want to tell you something. I am blessed by simply coming to God in this house, in this church, and raising my hands and worshiping Him. I don't need to praise somebody who's had the ingenuity to build a twin tower. I don't need anybody to help me like that. I need somebody to keep me lined up with God. I need people to encourage me and strengthen me and keep me on the right way. 10,000 workers were used to build the Twin Towers. But the Twin Towers were like everything else that mankind builds. It deteriorates. It has to be restored. And it can be destroyed. We were in Nashville, Tennessee. We were in the motel... I think we were getting ready to to go eat lunch. We were there for the Quartet Convention. And somebody come in and begin to tell us that there had been an attack on America. September 11, 2001 at 8.45 a.m. Eastern Time. On a clear Tuesday morning, an American airline Boeing 767 loaded with passengers and 20,000 gallons of jet fuel crashed into the north tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. You can build it, but if you build it, it'll fail. If God builds it, it'll never fail. Are you listening to me tonight? Eighteen minutes after the first plane hit the tower, a second Boeing 767 United Airlines flight 175 appeared out of the sky, turned sharply toward the World Trade Center and sliced into the South Tower near the 60th floor. These two planes brought down these magnificent towers. I mean, they were standing as uh, symbolic. Uh, I mean, people almost worship these things. And I want to tell you, what man can build, man can destroy. But what God builds, what God makes... No man can destroy without God allowing it to happen. Do you know 10,000 people were used to build those towers? It only took 19 hijackers to destroy those towers. Hmm. People may have thought, my future is in that tower. I'm protected in that tower. I'm safe in that tower. I have all that I need in those twin towers. But that morning... 19 hijackers Flew into those two towers And there were 2,996 people Killed in the destruction Of those twin towers I want to tell you something I'm looking for something That is more secure than that I'm looking for something That's better than what they built At Babel I want to to inhabit something That is not going to fall down Around me Or where somebody is able to still get in. I don't want any part of these towers. I'm looking for a holy God to build a tower that I can occupy and be safe in. Mm. There's a lot of things that we could go ahead and talk to you about, towers of this earth. But tonight I want to tell you about the very most important tower in the world. The Bible teaches us God has only given one name that man can trust. For our salvation, there's only one name. For your deliverance from addiction, there's only one name. Only one name. And that name is not Allah. It is not Buddha. It is not Biden. And it is not Trump. If you need a deliverance from addiction, if you need a a deliverance from sin, you need to be washed in the blood, there's only one name. That God has given for mankind to turn to and to call upon. There's only one way to be released from your bondage, and that one name is Jesus Christ. Luke wrote in Acts 4. Ten And said, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Peter was speaking, but it was Luke's writing. They had just laid hands on a man and healed him who had been crippled all of his life. And now... Peter and John's telling him. Said this is a stone which was set at naught. All of you religious. All of you doctors of the law. You set him aside. He was unimportant to you. But he came to establish the new doctrine. He came to give life. You builders which set him aside. Just know this, that he has become the head corner of the stone. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to tell you, your safety, your salvation, your deliverance is not in any of these towers that i mentioned tonight. But I can tell you if you call upon the name of the Lord... I want to encourage you a little bit. These worldly towers are fragile. But the tower that we're preaching to you about tonight is not fragile. Uh Uh-uh. Not not Allah, not Buddha, not Biden, not Trump. And yet our society, yet our world, our school systems and our governments want to forget this name. Oh, my I think it's time for the church people in unison to begin to lift up their voice and cry out to that name, Jesus. Thou Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. Our governments want to forget it. They want to throw it away. They want to take away that name. They don't want us to preach that name. Yeah. They say that it offends. I'm here to tell you, I'm not worried about offending you. I'm worried about you going to hell. Uh, throw away that name. Don't call on that name. Destroy that name. Just do away with it out of our society. But that one name uh, has kept America free For over 200 years, I still believe that name, Jesus, is still where we need to go. For our, not only religious freedom, but all of our freedoms, we need to call on that name. They say, don't preach that name. That's what they told Peter. Don't mention that name. Don't teach in that name. They don't want us to sing. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. They don't want us to worship. Uh. I'll just tell you. The fellow that normally sits on that front pew. I sit way back in the back and he sits right there on that front pew. But when he comes in here and they begin to play the music and sing the songs. He stands to his feet, throws up his hands. And I'm getting blessed back there by watching him. Jesus worship Jesus they came from every corner and every direction and they would come and they would fall at the feet of one by the name of Jesus Uh, they would say if thou would thou canst make me clean and he said I will Uh, he said I want to do it for you I've I've already come to seek and to save that which was lost and I want to tell you something he hasn't completed his mission yet and we still need to worship and praise him because he's still in Involved in saving the heart and the life and the soul of mankind. Proverbs 18 and 10. You probably knew where I was going all along. The Bible said, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and it is safe. And it's safe. Glory. Oh. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. He didn't say there wouldn't be an enemy. He didn't say that it would not be difficult. He just said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. One commentary said, the name of the Lord is a place of complete safety to all who trust in Him. I'm amazed that we can trust in so many things, but we cannot trust in Him who created all things. I'm amazed that we trust in man and the intelligence of man, the monies of men, but we cannot trust in the God who created all things. Another writer said, the name of the Lord is manifested perfection of faithfulness. (laughs) I can just preach all night right there. He is the manifested perfection of faithfulness, of power. And of mercy on which men may rely. My sister Kim, we ought to shout for the, the, for the tower that we can run into tonight. I don't know what's going on in your life. And I don't know what's going on in anybody else's life. And you that are watching on TV, I don't know what's going on in your life. But I can tell you there is a safe place for you to go tonight. It is the tower, the name of the Lord. It is a tower of great strength, and you can run there. Let Him wash away your sins, and you'll be safe. I don't know that I've ever told this from the pulpit, but Jen and I used to live in the basement of a church. And when we were pastoring that church, we had a coal furnace, and I'd have to go down and shovel coal into the furnace and take out the clinks. One day as I started down the steps to the basement, I heard in my spirit a voice that said, you come down these steps, and I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I needed a strong tower. Guess what I said? I said, Jesus... Every time I mash my finger, they make fun of me because I go into spasms and and I begin to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just recently, my sister told me that my nephew fell and when he got up, he was in the dark outside. He fell in a hole. When he got up, he started walking back to the house and he was hurting. He was saying, Jesus, Jesus, I want to tell you, you can't go wrong. You're running into the name of the tower that is ever secure. You'll be saved in that tower. Come on and worship Him tonight. I'm talking about a strong tower that we can run into. Mm. Unlike the towers that I've preached about already tonight, this tower will never be compromised. Never be defeated by an enemy. Will never need to be refurbished, repaired, replaced. (laughs) But this tower will always provide for those who run into it a place where they are safe from all enemies. You may not know it. You may not realize it. You may be watching me and thinking, what kind of a foolish old man is that? But I want to tell you, you have an enemy who is eternal. Eternal his name is Satan we call him the devil and he's after you tonight he wants to take your life and your soul to hell that's his eternal destiny that's where God is going to place him and the devil wants to take every man, woman and child living today wants to take them to hell and you have an enemy who will accost you tonight or tomorrow and will do his best to destroy you but if you You'll call on that only name, that worthy name, that name Jesus. I can tell you, you can run into that tower, and you'll be safe from your adversary, the devil. Peter said, to watch and be sober. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil doesn't have any good intentions for you, but he wants to destroy you, your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren. Listen to me tonight. I'm talking to somebody. God wants to spare you the agonies of what Satan wants to put in your life, but he can only spare you if you run to him tonight. The righteous run. Into it. The, right, the righteous are the just and the lawful. We call them born again. You know, we cannot physically run into the name of the Lord, but spiritually, we trust in that name. Spiritually, We depend on that name. Hmm. Our faith is not moved from that name. Oh, I'm impressed by ministries. I'm impressed with good preaching. But none of them can do what Jesus can do for me. I can run into that tower, that strong tower. And be saved. I don't ever have to move from that tower. This verse wasn't just good for Solomon and his day. This verse of Scripture is good for 2020. This verse is good for the circumstance that we're in tonight. It's good for your life tomorrow. All you've got to do is remember there's a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. (laughs) Glory to God. I thank God tonight. This verse is still in effect for us today. And I thank God for the provision of protection in the name of the Lord. A few weeks ago, Janice was on her way into town. She relayed to me the incident. How close they came to having a car accident. She didn't have time to do anything else. She just called on the name of the Lord. In Romans, you'll find out that Paul said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to tell you God made a provision to protect us even from things like that. Thank God for the provision of power when we'd have no power, when we have no weak, when we cannot go any farther. There's a great God of heaven who's made provision, and it's in this tower, in this name. If you're not in the tower of safety today, let me say to you run, don't walk. Run to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let Jesus. Make you the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He, God, hath made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. Of God in him.